are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody is recovering from the snow, at least here in the Arkansas, Texas, Oklahoma, pretty much everywhere in the southern regions. It's been a pretty brutal week and exhausting week, I know, for a lot of you, but hope everybody is uh, finding ways to get through it. But uh, I have a problem, folks, and I think we all have a problem, where Arkansas is supposed to play Texas A&M this weekend. We were supposed to talk about Arkansas and Texas A&M. We are supposed to see Arkansas beat Texas A&M. But unfortunately, that did not happen. And the reason being is the reason, same reason, I should say, that Texas A&M has had to postpone many games this year due to COVID-19 issues. This was originally reported by Jeff Borzello of ESPN.com and then made official. Now, as of right now, Eric Musselman and Arkansas, at the recording of this podcast, are still looking for a non-conference opponent. They got the uh, uh, approval from the SEC that they can find a new opponent. But as of right now, they don't have one at the recording. So probably by the time this podcast ends is when they'll be known somebody having played in Arkansas and Budwell Arena. But that's just the way it goes. But this this is frustrating to me. And I'm going to kind of go on a little bit of a soapbox rant here, which I guess every podcast is a rant because most of the time it's me. But... Uh, we'll have Travis Brown of the College Station Eagle join us later in the podcast to give the uh, Texas A&M perspective. But here's here's what it comes down to, folks. Here's my problem. Here's the issue that I take. It is extremely annoying how many postponements A&M has been a part of this year. I mean, you're talking about six. This will be their sixth postponement this season. I think they're fifth in a row. And you don't really know any other details other than it's COVID-related. I just, I just can't, I can't deal with it. I cannot understand how Texas A&M and the Aggies are having as many issues as they're having with COVID problems. And I kind of can't help but think it has to do a lot more with their lack of success this season than actual COVID problems. Because here's the thing. Every school, every team, everybody is dealing with COVID. Every single person, every single team dealing with it. And some people are dealing with it better than others. Some people, it's just bad luck. It hits. It happens. It sucks. But you got to get over it. But for some reason, A&M and the team in the SEC, they have just been having constant issues. And my whole question when I start thinking about this stuff, I'm like, how do you have these issues as much as you do when you only have a certain amount of players or, or staffers that are around it, you would think that, okay, after a round of it or after a few positive tests or all that, it'd be over with. It'd be done. Move it on. Like you get over it and you move on. But that's not the case. And instead, you continue to have issues with it. You continue to have positive tests with it. So I cannot help but draw the conclusion that there are one of two things transpiring here. One of these things has to be true. Now, it may be simplifying it, but that's how I feel. One of these things have to be true. Either A, you're a program that is dealing with COVID-related issues and 
by dealing with that, you are handling it so poorly as a program, as an administration, that it continues to build up, and you're failing your student-athletes as well as failing your conference to where you can't figure it out. Like, for instance, you obviously, whether it's your policies or your mask wearing or your, uh, you know, what whatever you have in place for kids to do, they're either not doing it or you're not doing a good job of enforcing it or it's just you don't know what to do, so problems are happening. So either you're failing or B, should say, you're lying. You're fudging the numbers. You're saying it's COVID-related issues when it's really not COVID-related issues. You're saying that as a disguise, as a mask, as a way of getting away with not having to deal with that other stuff. And one of those things have to be true. I'm sorry. One of those things have to be true. And the fact that now Arkansas is suffering not only from one game, but two games now, dealing with this nonsense, is what makes it more frustrating than anything. Arkansas is riding high right now. And you, as a program, you call up Arkansas when they're about to get on the bus to head down to Texas A&M, to head down to College Station, and you say, oops, sorry. It's unacceptable. So either way, the Aggies are screwing up. The Aggies are doing something wrong. Either their policies are wrong or their honesty about it all is wrong. And maybe it's both. Maybe it's both. And maybe I'm being insensitive, and I'm sure some of you who are listening, you're probably saying, John, you're being way too intense, way too insensitive about this. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that important, and it's really accusatory to say something about the A&M Aggies, especially during these trying times and unprecedented times and all that. I don't care. Every one of us are having to deal with this. So you, A&M, you're either failing or you're lying. And by that, you're hurting not only your student-athletes, not only your basketball team, but you're hurting the SEC and you're hurting everybody else that's involved. It is so annoying. It is so frustrating. And I hope we get to the bottom of the truth here one day and find out, was it really as bad as we thought? Or was it just because A&M sucked and they didn't want to play this season? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out one day. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, folks. Football might be over, but NBA and college basketball and the NHL are in full swing. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And Bet Online also has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. And it's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device by going to betonline.ag. Use promo code LOCKED ON, and you'll receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's a great deal, folks. You can't mass- pass this up. If you want to get in on it, get on the action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, we're going to be joined by Travis Brown of the College Station Eagle, and hopefully he can shed some light into uh, what's going on right now with uh, the Texas A&M situation and it's it's a it's a difficult thing in trying to figure it all out, but I got to tell you, I'm hoping that we can get some answers out of this and, and figure out what exactly is going on. So without further ado, let's go ahead and go to the phone lines and welcome in Travis Brown of the College Station Eagle. What's going on, Travis? How you doing this afternoon, man? Wait, it's it's 
still basketball season. I I I haven't covered it in like a month, so I <laughs> I forgot that that was a sport. Yeah, I bet so, man. The way things have been going on, and, and that's that's my question for you. We'll just start right there. What what is going on with A and M? I know it's COVID related issues, but it seems like they're struggling more so than any other major college basketball team right now, and just trying to get games going at this point. Yeah, you know, I think it. I think it's 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 the curse of being good. Uh, in some instances, I, Buzz Williams has been a coach and his coaching staff that has taken the COVID nineteen pandemic as seriously as as you know anyone. Um, he uh, they they didn't hold any kind of summer workout uh, on campus. They brought the players back later than actually when classes started because uh, ever, all the athletes are are doing pretty much online classes. So um, they they pretty much didn't have. They started when fall camp was kind of scheduled to start, or even maybe a few days afterwards, just to keep everyone as, as safe as possible. And he's, he's reiterated several times that that's been kind of the focus of this season. So to that end, um, because of that, I mean, even to the point that through the summer and even sometimes through the season, they've spent some hours um, of the day on their Zoom meetings discussing COVID testing numbers and what that means and what elevated, you know, hospital bed percentages and, and kind of having some life lesson uh, time and learning about the effects of the pandemic. And I think in hopes that this would emphasize the importance of, um, you know, keeping with uh, keep, keeping away from people and masks and everything like that. And because of that, they really didn't have any run-ins or instances with the pandemic through most of the fall into the beginning of the season. They didn't have any uh, other than pulling out of the uh, the, the Bahamas, the Atlantis tournament that got moved to South Dakota, they really didn't have any other postponements or cancellations early in the season. And then just for whatever reason, they got bit by the COVID bug um, here at the beginning of February. And uh, you, you look at some kinds of football teams, and you kind of heard through the, the grapevine of some teams that, you know, well, players got it in the summer. Players got it here and and. Um, if there is kind of a level of herd immunity that can be built up within a, a program or a bubble, sometimes getting it early has helped teams not necessarily have um, that much problems within the season. I don't really think from as far as we could glean, they had much run in with the, with COVID-19 in the fall or early in the season. And so now they're kind of um, struggling and dealing with it. The latest postponement uh, comes because of a new round of positives, and of course the program has been placed on pause at A&M, but uh, when did they get the new round of positives? Was, was it based on testing yesterday or today, or when did, when did they get that new round? You would have to believe that it was um, testing that happened yesterday that they got the results for today, because that's kind of the cycle of how these things work. The most interesting part about the release that A&M sent out was that they said they were prepared to play tomorrow's game with a limited roster. So, um, you know, the first positive test came on February 2nd, and that's when they closed down the program. After that, they they had four games go by the wayside because of COVID-related, you know, the, the team, the program just not having come out of that COVID-19 pause. And, and we know, um, we, we don't know exactly how the testing has gone um, since that, that um, basically since the first week, the first week they had multiple tests, multiple times test positive. After that, we, we don't really have much information. They're not being necessarily that forthcoming with that information. The, the Alabama game last week actually was postponed because of the, the weather conditions down here in Texas and the power conditions. 
Um, and then um, I don't know if they still just hadn't come back to full strength because of COVID um, or, if, or if there was new COVID positives that forced the limited roster and then whatever the positive test was that came through today was kind of what put them over uh, the limit. But yeah, some kind of issue already already had limited the roster before a new positive came through um, today, which you would assume would be yesterday's testing. Now, I'm going to fully admit, Travis, like, I, I think all of us are in the same boat where we don't really fully understand all these things, especially when it's pretty limited on the information we have access to when it comes to all these teams. But I guess one of the things I look at, and this is an outsider's perspective, you cover Texas A&M, so you should know a lot more about it than me, but it, it just seems like it's like something's obviously not working, whether it's the the policies or how they're going about handling their businesses with the, Ag- with the Aggie basketball program, where this has been an ongoing problem here over the past few uh, weeks or at least a couple of months. Is there something that they're doing that's just not right? Is it something that it, it's just a coincidence and it's just bad luck? Because it, it certainly seems like they're going through a tougher time than most teams right now. Sure. I, you know, I, I mean, I, I think it kind of goes back to what I was talking about the first. I actually think that they're suffering because they were so good. Um, and not to say that you, you shouldn't be good and people shouldn't be wearing masks and social distancing and whatnot, but, but they made such an, a focus on this early in the season. I mean, you know, like we, our frames of reference are um, some of these football teams, some of these other sports that have played. And like I said, you cover teams, I cover teams. We, we hear rumors through the grapevine and, and hear about large groups of these players who had gotten it in the summer coming back um, when they started doing workouts, when they got back on campus and they wanted to see their friends and, and, and things like that. And that uh, if, if we're to ex, uh, continue to, to um, believe and, and, and know what the science is telling us, that at least with if you're getting the same variation of the disease, that the likelihood of, of getting it again is low. Um, if you've already gotten it, then you're not necessarily having to deal with these kind of postponements. I just don't think, reading between the lines, that really anyone involved with the A&M program had to deal with that much through the summer, through the fall, and, and into now. And, and now they're just getting hard with it because, because frankly, they, they were so good um, with it. And, and when you look at some, you know, Missouri went into uh, a little bit of a lockdown and a postponement, and they missed two games um, because of, of a postponement with that COVID outbreak. I also, as far as we can tell from conversations we've had with Buzz Williams, I, I kind of reading the tea leaves and saying that he is one of the more uh, conservative coaches in terms of dealing with the virus. He actually said on his radio show, uh, I want to say two weeks ago, um, that before this whole outbreak took place, every time that a, a, a program went into a, a pause, went into a, a COVID lockdown, he called that coach, whether he knew them or not, and just kind of asked them, what have they been doing? What are they doing? What's their plan? And kind of kept like a running database of every program that dealt with this to try to come up with how he best thought it would be handled. And um, he mentioned a lot of programs that went into really long-term sh- uh, shutdowns. He mentioned uh, Texas head coach Shaka Smart, who had a lot to say about COVID-19 after he got it himself and had a lot uh, to say about playing while the pandemic was going on and I, I while we haven't really had a chance to talk to him since uh, February 2nd um, ourselves everything points toward Williams and his coaching staff um, being very conservative towards 
how they handle putting their players back out and how they handle putting their players um, into situations after necessarily testing positive. I mean, you even look to the point that one of the best players, one of the highly touted players that A&M has is Cassius McNeely, a guy who redshirted last year because of an of injury, and this season is sitting out because of just because of COVID. He opted out. He's going to come back to the team, but he is the nephew of, of Buzz Williams' uh, assistant head coach, um, Jamie McNeely, a uh, close family member, close with Buzz Williams, close with the program. Um, and, and But Williams' member fine with him saying, hey, I'm not playing this year. I'll be back. And, and, and that's even someone who Williams and everyone has touted as would be, as of right now, hand, uh, head and shoulders above everyone else as far as shooting ability, and they're, he, he's sitting out. So every indication points towards just a very conservative approach, um, and conservative as far as um, not politically, but, of course, um, just making sure that um, not, not, not trying to put anyone at more risk than may be possible. Because of that conservative approach, is there any possibility or any discussion about ending the season at this point for A&M? They've had six games in a row postponed. they got three left, and then if they continue to play, you would have a, a few games to make up along the way, depending on how the league decides to handle that. So any possibility of just shutting it down and ending the season? You know, I, I, we haven't gotten to talk to anyone officially on the record about that, and I necessarily haven't heard any rumblings about that. But you're right. They have three games left on the schedule. The SEC tournament starts March 10th. They have seven games to make up within, you know, a, a small period of time there. I, I highly doubt that A&M would be able to get all seven of those games made up. There, I, would, I would assume that there will be um, cancellations. But as far as them wanting just to go ahead and call it, I, I don't necessarily think I, – I think kind of an important – thing to key in and on that on that press release is that they A&M did say that they were prepared to play with a limited roster and so if you think that if you think that they're conservative enough in their approach that they're saying why risk any more infections let's not play the season they wouldn't have necessarily been available or wanting and willing to play with with a limited roster so I, I would doubt that necessarily there's a any discussion or, or any serious discussion right now um, towards just canceling the season. I, I, I could see them just not wanting to necessarily make up any of the games, get out through the rest of the season, play in the SEC tournament, and, and, and call, call that a season. But, um, you know, I, I think it's a fine line for Williams and his coaching staff to walk in, A, keeping players safe, um, you know, minimizing not only damage to players, to potential injuries, but just kind of taking more losses, damage to the psyche of the program, because it's kind of a little bit of a rebuilding year this year. Um, but then also, honoring, he's, a, he's a coach's player. I mean, excuse me, he's a player's coach. He really emphasizes the, the love and the family and all that within the program. They've really bought into it. And so I would find it kind of hard to believe that Williams would necessarily, um, for some of the seniors who, who, who could come back, but might not come back. Uh, just saying, you know, hey, your 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 season's done. Um, your your career's over. So, uh, without letting them maybe play one or two more times before that. So it'll be interesting. I'm I'm curious to to talk a little bit with some people in uh, in inside the program as things kind of loosen up and, and see what the pulse is on that because I think that's the question that that everyone wants to kind of know. 
We'll continue our discussion with Travis Brown at the College Station Eagle here in just a second, but we have a flash sale going on with Built Bar, folks. Head to BuiltBar.com for the Coconut Puff Bar, luscious chocolate and soft marshmallow. It is phenomenal. They sent me some samples here, and they are legit. Made with premium collagen protein blend, 16 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 6 grams of sugar, and it's gluten-free and preservative-free, and this is just a limited time only, a one-day sale. So order now. Go to BuiltBar.com. Check out the Coconut Puff Bar. It's the best one of them. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. Check it out at BuiltBar.com. I do want to ask you just about as far as the season that you've actually been able to see from A&M. They're obviously eight and seven. There's a lot of postponements, but they're a team that has struggled, especially offensively. Uh, I mean, barely scoring over 60 points per game. Just just looking at what the games that you've seen from them and you mentioned it was a rebuilding year. Was that around the expectation? People knew that this Aggie team was going to struggle this year. Uh, was it a little extra disappointing? I mean, how did you feel about the season, especially if they would have been able to play these games, uh, how it would have gone for the Aggies? Sure. I think that this is a, a season that this, I think whatever struggles, whatever rebuilding that you would see maybe in a program in a coach's first year and a coaching staff's first year, I think that got delayed to this season because I don't think anybody necessarily knew what they had in, in Josh Nebo last year and how much of an impact he could have both defensively and offensively uh, in the system and, and how much of a dominant force he could be in, in the SEC. I think that um, they were able to patch up any um, holes they had, any um, just just player development they needed to have by having Nebo there and running the offense through him and then what he was able to necessarily do on defense. It's a team this year that really hasn't, hasn't backed off what they were able to do defensively last year. I mean, they're one of the best defensive teams in – in the SEC, which kind of makes a lot of their games rock fights this year. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they really can't score. They don't really have much continuity on offense. A lot of what plagued them early in the season was turnovers. I mean, they weren't just, uh, frankly, weren't getting any shots up, let alone good shots, because they were turning the ball over so much. That had subsided. The, the, the part that I think is disappointing, that, that Williams has said is disappointing the most and that it's disappointing for the team is that the LSU game where they lost before the break and then the Kansas State game were two of the better games that they played. It seemed like things were necessarily starting to click. They had reduced the turnovers uh, significantly. Um, they were actually able to kind of get into some offensive sets um, and get some shots up, and they won that game against what was a really bad Kansas State team, but they were able to, to edge that out. Um, you know, it wasn't necessarily a, a team that I think was going to um, – be, be a, 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 a world breaker like necessarily they kind of were last year. Um, I think that they were going to struggle because they didn't have that Josh Nebo crutch. Um, but I think that things were necessarily starting to, to come together a little bit. And they have six guys coming next year um, that will be available, to one of which is a five-star freshman um, a, a guard who, who will bring a lot of offense. Like I said, Cassius McNeely is a guy that hasn't – has been on campus for two years but hasn't played yet. Um, and I think from every indication we've had talking to people, I mean, people are really excited about the offense he's going to be able to bring. So, it, in honesty, and they're bringing in a, 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 a 6'9 freshman center um, that can really help uh, bolster that position group because Jonathan Aku and, and Kevin Marfo just haven't been able to get it done down there and, and just really has kind of upset what, 
Williams has maybe wanted to do moving forward in this program. So I think with what they will be able to bring in um, next year, it'll be better and they'll start to be on that uptick. But I just think that necessarily that one rebuilding year got put on delay um, for a season because of what Josh Nebo was able to do to band-aid situations last year. Arkansas is looking towards getting baseball season started this weekend. How's A&M looking with baseball? Uh, it's going to be an interesting season. Um, I think that, uh, first off, I talked to the grounds crew guys. They don't have a story about that today. Just the fact that they had to basically by hand um, rid about four acres of snow between the baseball and softball complexes in, in about three days to get it prepared for um, this opening season, uh, uh, opening slate this season, or excuse me, opening series this, this, this weekend. And, um, it, it's cold in this newsroom still, so I'm, I'm stuttering a little bit. Um, but, uh, the, uh, um, yeah, I think it, it's going to be a season that I think a lot of people are really curious and wanting to see Rob Childress, um, perform and, and, and actually kind of live up to the expectations of the team. Now, what those expectations are are a little interesting because you lose Asa Lacey to the fourth overall pick last year, just the, an all SEC caliber, um, left-handed pitcher who really didn't get a senior season. Um, the pitching staff, has the most question marks this year, which is not typical for a Rob Childress-esque team, or a Rob Childress-led team, because he's so pitching heavy. But they actually have a lot of depth in position players um, this year. He said up to about 16 to be platooned in and out um, of the roster, depending on righty-lefty, um, what combinations, who's, who's, who's on a hot streak, who's not. And that's, that's not necessarily something that they've had um, in the past couple of years. So, uh, they brought in uh, Chad Kaye from Ole Miss to be um, kind of one of their offensive coordinators. Um, him with uh, uh, Coach Coach Seeley uh, have in, they, they, as much of an up tempo offense as you can have in baseball. If you want to correlate it uh, to football, they're going to be stealing a lot of bases. They're going to be looking for extra bases and trying to manufacture runs in interesting ways. We didn't really get to see a great bit of that last year because there were so few games and certainly not in conference play, but the, the hitting might come around this year. And I think it'll all depend on how well the pitching can settle in after losing Asa Lacey and Christian Rilla last year. Um, so, you know, and I think that I don't want to officially like, but I don't think, I don't think Rob Childress is necessarily on the hot seat, but I think people are, are, are wanting to question um, what he's been able to do. And, and if he's been able to get the most, out of the teams he's had in the past couple of years. And I think that'll start becoming in the conversation if this A&M team struggles a little bit uh, through the beginning of the year. Well, Travis, we appreciate you hopping on, man. We hate that there can't be a game this weekend, but still there's uh, plenty of things to be excited about. And definitely I know uh, they're still probably excited about that football season that the Aggies had. So we appreciate you coming on with us, man, and enjoy the weekend. And I'm sure we'll be catching up with you later down the road. Hey, you got I have. I need to figure out what this meat monster is. I guess I, I'm, <laughs> you're making me hungry over here. I'm gonna go get some food now. Oh yeah, just uh, you'll have to Google it, man. It's uh, it's quite a something. So, uh, but uh, <laughs> we appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Buzz John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 